This is the Woodland Hills Family Church Podcast. Our desire is to inspire you and your family to become fully devoted followers of Christ. Now enjoy today's message with Ted Cunningham. So today, New Year's Day, thank you for being here. Thank you to all our people online joining us. Welcome, uh, spending your New Year's morning with us. Uh, there are actually more people here than I thought. We were, we're doing a pool in the back and, and uh, over... <laughs> Uh, how many people? And this is way more people than we thought. 8:30, a little slim. And let me tell you, I have a completely different message for the 11:30 hangover service. <laughs> they're get—they're not even getting these notes. Uh, they're getting a whole nother message uh, because the sinners aren't here yet. So, uh, <laughs> so. So I, I found the perfect banner. I've been looking for this, and I didn't even have to have it made. Uh, you can put it under a happy anniversary sign if you have a party for your anniversary, a birthday party, happy birthday. You can hang it right under that sign. But it works best for your New Year's party. And look at it. It's a real simple sign. You just hang it. It says, please leave by 9. <laughs> How many of you wish it said, please leave by 8? Would you raise your hand? Okay, I know a lot of it. I was in bed by 9.30, and then somebody told me to turn on the Georgia game, and I was up till 11. Uh, <laughs> But, yeah, please leave by 9. I, I didn't ask Kathy Jensen yet, our discipleship director, but I think we're going to get this welcome mat for all of our home group leaders. Welcome, please leave by 9. We're going to customize it for you and your home group because we know there are sometimes those people that just kind of lag around. But as we jump into this year, again, shocked by how many people are here, uh, today we're going to talk about what it means to be a new creation in Christ Jesus and how that changes everything about your focus, your priorities, your purpose, your perspective. And a lot of you are going to be making decisions today and this week, right? It's, it's ready. To, it's decision time. New goals, new habits, new everything, new calendar, right? We're getting that all going. But there's something more important that we need to discuss and that we need as a filter for all of those other decisions that you're going to make. Now, I've seen these signs all over the country. I've seen them in Branson. I saw one a few weeks ago, and it, it just really hit me with 2 Corinthians 5.17. Maybe you've seen this at a, a hotel, a restaurant, or a store, and it simply says, under new management. Under new management. What does that mean to you? Shout it out to me. It's going to get better. Sorry for what you experienced before. Uh, poor food, poor service. Now, I, my first thought when I see this sign is, you better deliver. If I show up and it's the same bad service or the same bad food, like under new management says things are going to be different. And when you become a follower of Jesus, you hang a new sign on your life that says under new ownership, under new management. What you experienced before from me, things are going to look different. Notice I said different, not perfect. Things should be changing because in the life of a believer, a new creation, the idea behind new creation is renewed, refreshed, right? Things are changing. And when someone looks at a believer's life, they should see a different way of thinking, a different way of behaving, a different way of moving toward the culture and how we don't embrace the values of the culture as we try to reach the culture it should hang out a sign that says, under new management. We read this in 2 Corinthians 5, 17, and I want you to carry this idea, because it's the exact same idea, into Revelation chapter 21, about a day that is coming for every single believer. Paul says, therefore, 
If anyone is in Christ, so you place faith alone in Christ alone, he is a new creation. People should expect a change in the life of a believer. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Years ago, I did a funeral in our town of an older gentleman who uh, passed away and became a believer late in his life. And his wife asked me to do the funeral. So I did the funeral and I preached the message. And afterwards, I lost count of how many people came up to me and said, I think you're at the wrong funeral. I don't think you're talking about the guy we know. Because the guy we know. And then I heard story after story after story. And this is never a good look when you're the pastor at the front of a funeral line going, right? But... But I would have to tell them, I didn't know him when he was lost. I knew him. And then this is what really got him. And it really fired him up when, when I would say, you know, because he, he came to know the Lord on his deathbed. And, and, and that really throws people off. Uh-uh. No. You don't get to live your life however you want and give your life to Jesus at the end. And I'm like, then I need to take you to a parable that Jesus taught called the parable of the workers in the vineyard. Some people showed up early in the day and they worked all day. Some people showed up in the last hour and then workers showed up all the time, but they showed up in the last hour. And at the end of the day, the vineyard owner gave them all the same amount. I love that story because you know what that tells us? Whether you have served the Lord for 50 years or five years, salvation is as true for the person who's been saved five years as it is for the one who's been saved 50. The kingdom is yours. Salvation is yours. And, and so all these stories people were giving me, this guy, I go, that's the old, right? You're talking about the old. I gave this whole message from the perspective of new creation. And you know what I got from people? <laughs> How many people do you know that when you talk about the grace of Almighty God on your life, respond with, I remember you. I know what you did. You've heard, though, I've told this joke I don't know how many times. When you get to heaven, you're going to see people and you're going to be like, no way. What? How did this happen? And there's going to be a lot of people who see you and go, no way. And you get to say the one name, and that's the name of Jesus, the name that is above every name. And we, this is this, this idea of this new creation. The old has passed away, and see, the new has come. Now, this day in particular, people are doing a lot of thinking, and I'm going to argue thinking a lot about themselves today, thinking about the season we just came out. December was a great, we had, Amy and I were just reflecting last night, just how wonderful December was. It was a restful season for us and spending time with family. And I, I always love the week between Christmas and New Year's where we're sitting around going, what is today? Is this Tuesday? No, it's Thursday. Is it only, it's Thursday already. Yesterday, I'm like, what is today? She goes, church is tomorrow. Today is Saturday. But here's what people are doing today. These are like, the, if you Google search like resolutions, for the new year. Number one, diet and exercise. And that's important. We all could eat a few, fewer calories in January and all God's people said. Okay. <laughs> Budget. We all could spend a few less dollars than all God's people said. We spent quite a bit uh, in the month of December. <gasps> this is a big one. Some of you are so excited. You got the calendar out today. You got your schedule out. 
this is my wife. My wife's birthday is on December 30th, and she'll tell you she's uh, exhausted with celebration by December 30th. Last night, we were in bed, no lie, by 9.30. Oh, I was like, yes, this is great. Let's get a good night's rest. And then the Georgia thing happened. And, uh, and I said, uh, I said, man, it was a good week. And I was reflecting on the week on my wife's birthday. She got up at 4 a.m. I heard her turn the coffee on. At 4. We're not that old. We're getting up there. But we're not 4 a.m. coffee drinkers. I'm like, what is she doing at 4 a.m.? And some of the scene, how, how soon do you turn it on, Ron? How soon do you turn coffee on? Oh, six? We don't drink oh, you don't drink coffee? <laughs> Are you believers? Are you even Christian? Uh, see, you know, calling on people in a service doesn't always work. All right, you, you got that. But we're still going to do it. Uh, so I get up at about five. And there's a pile of trash in our laundry room. I go, what is going on? Amy's got this huge smile on her face. She's like, I am decluttering, which is my wife's love language. Acts of service and quality time, I told you, this means I serve her for long periods of time. And in the middle of that is Marie Kondo from Tidying Up, and she's decluttering. And then I saw on the counter her brand new 2023 planner and all these different colored pens. And she goes, Ted, it's going to be a great day. And how many of you are with my wife? Like, this is going to be a great day. How many of you are going to just still think things should just be kind of fluid, right? Let's just keep it all going. But there are people getting organized. Some people have said we need to read more, I would say. For some of our church family, you just need to start reading all together. Uh, turn off Netflix and maybe pick up a book, okay? And then this one cracked me up. I, you don't see this on a lot of lists, but it was on the top five list. Take more time off. And again, there are some members of our church who do not need to do that. Your number five should be work more. <laughs> Does all of this matter? No. Yeah. <laughs> I asked that wrong. <laughs> we share kindred spirits, I can tell you that. Yes. I'm sitting there going, ah, forget the calendar. Let's just keep living life and let's eat like we ate last week. And I don't care about the budget. Well, the bank will let us know when we're done spending. Okay, so whoever just yelled, yeah, I'm with you, but it doesn't matter the most. And it matters, but there's something that matters more, and it's like a filter for your life. Every decision that you make needs to go through this, right? This, it, it, you need this filter and go, okay, we're going to talk about our physical health, we're going to talk about our finances, talk about getting organized, but I got to tell you, your calendar and your budget, your money, they're temporal, they're temporal. And a very important question to ask this time of year especially, and not just all through the year, every day. It'll create uh, more unity in your marriage. It'll, uh, it'll resolve and reconcile relationships like you just wouldn't believe. If you, before you get into an argument or a fight, just ask this question, what will this matter in eternity? Because you and I get so focused on the temporal, we've got to readjust ourselves to the eternal. And I want to take you to a day. We're talking about new creation. This is talking about you personally. If you are not a new creation in Christ Jesus, you've never placed faith alone in Christ alone, you will not participate in what this text is speaking of. You, you will not be a part of God gathering his people and spending eternity with them. Here's what we read in Revelation chapter 21. At the end of the Bible... Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. Again, the idea there is new creation, this refreshing 
For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away. That was in the last chapter, the great white throne judgment. And the sea was no more. So all the, the sea, and we know that the sea can cause a lot of um, crisis and, and wreak havoc as well. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. Verse 3, and I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people, and God himself will be with them as their God. Randy Alcorn, speaking of this passage right here, says this, and it's simple but beautiful. If you know Jesus, and you've trusted Jesus as your Savior, and he is your Savior in your life, the great reunion awaits you. And it should change everything about your decisions today. It should change everything about your life. God will live with you and your spiritual family forever. And watch what happens in verse 4 and 5. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain. There's not going to be hunger or thirst, poverty, no more. Not anymore. For the former things have passed away. And he who was seated on the throne said, Behold, I am making all things new. Also he said, Write this down, for these words are trustworthy and true. There is a day where Jesus is going to make everything right. Every wrong will be made right. Every injustice will go away. There will be no more death, no more mourning. And some of you, after the first service, and before the first service, I was having people come up to me and go, Hey, on this day in January, this day in February, I'm meeting with this doctor or this specialist and uh, would you pray for me? And I say, make sure you write it down so the whole church can pray for you. Yes, we will pray for you. Let me tell you, whatever you're going through medically right now, whatever pain you're going through, whatever loss you're experiencing, whatever mourning that you're going through, process all of that pain through that which is true and eternal. That, it, that changes all of the perspective. And this is what I want us to be reminded of today. Thinking about that day, knowing you're going through pain, you're crying now. There are many tears, yes. But thinking and focusing and centering on that day changes how you live today. I, I woke up reading this text. I've been reading this text for a couple of months. And, uh, you know, I don't know what your first thought is when you wake up. It's crazy sometimes what we wake up to thinking. And uh, if you're new to our church, I grew up Baptist, which means if you want to get into hymn trivia with me, I got it. I, I can nail hymns. I got hymns. All but the third verse. I got the first, the second, and the last verse. I have no third verses down. And I was reading Revelation 21, 1 through 5, focusing on that day and thinking about that day. And then this hymn popped in my mind. There is coming a day when no heartache shall come. No more clouds in the sky. No more tears to dim the eye. All is peace forevermore. On that happy golden shore, what a day, glorious day that will be. What a day that will be when my Jesus I shall see, and I look upon his face, the one who saved me by his grace. When he takes me by the hand and leads me through the promised land, what a day, glorious day that will be. There'll be no more sorrow, no more burdens to bear, no more sickness, no pain, no more parting over there. And forever I will be with the one who died for me. There's coming a day where you're going to be reunited with all of those loved ones who knew Jesus and all of those friends who knew Jesus. But understand even more than that, you'll be re reunited with the one 
united with the one who died for you. What a day, glorious day that will be. Everything should be measured with this eternal perspective. Everything changes when we start thinking about Christ and that day. And I want to talk about four ways that Christ changes us as we think about this day that is coming. Number one, it changes my focus. And I hope your focus is recentered, recalibrated today as we head into the new year. In Colossians, Paul is going to address really false teachers. False teachers were getting the people to focus on the temporal. And you can still get this in the church today. You can still get this in preaching and teaching today. Pastors and teachers who are just all about, hey, let's, let's get you to have just the perfect life here on earth. And you need to know at this church, we know that doesn't exist. That's not what we're going after. When we talk money, which we talk about as a church, when we talk budgeting, when we talk about calendars and time and all of that, we have to keep in mind that the only two things that are eternal are the word of God and people. And we invest in those and we make decisions based on those. And he's going to address these false teachers who are getting people to think in temporal terms. If then you have been raised with Christ, you're a believer in Christ Jesus, a new creation, seek the things that are above. You shouldn't be seeking your wisdom. You're asking God. You want God's wisdom. Where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your minds on things that are above, not on things that are on earth. And I think hymn writers really got this. Hymn writers understood this. And you've heard the expression, don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. But a hymn writer, boy, kept one eye on heaven and kept one eye here on earth. And everything was brought into focus. And everything made sense through that lens. This idea of seeking the things that are above, this is a continual discipline. As we get in our series in Ecclesiastes to chapter 7, we're going to look at the house of mourning. And in the house of mourning, people begin to focus on eternity. Right? God has set eternity in the hearts of men. And death is the destiny of every man, and the living should take this to heart. Well, let me tell you, we shouldn't just be thinking about eternal perspective at a funeral. It should be something that marks each and every day of our lives. And we ask, does this really matter? It's why one pastor puts it this way. Those of you who are into building the kingdom, and you're all about your work for God, keep in mind one of the greatest things you can do for the kingdom isn't something you do, but someone you raise. Focusing on even our parenting I'm not going to be a parent much longer. I, I, I won't be parenting much longer. I'll still be a parent of Corinne and Carson, but I'm entering into a new season and a new stage that even I would take these next months before my son goes off to college and, and parent with an eternal perspective. That's hard because I know parents are like, oh, if you had a one-year-old, I'd like to hear you preach this because <laughs> there's going to be parents that go home, the baby's screaming, how will this matter in eternity? I, I get how how this focus, but this is where our focus needs to be. It's a continual discipline on that day that changes everything about our life today. So whatever suffering you may be going to, number two, Christ changes not just my focus, but my perspective. Paul said, for I consider that the suffering of this present time, it's not even worthy comparing to what we just read about in Revelation 21. It's not even worth comparing with the glory that is going to be revealed to us. I can't live today with my focus on what's going on around me. I, I need to go through what I'm going through, but with my focus on the one who will make all things right and make all things new. It'll change the way you enter the doctor's office. It'll change the way you get that report. Is there mourning? Yes, we're going to deal with mourning until that day. Is there death? Yes, we're going to deal with death. 
We're going to mourn with those who mourn. We're going to grieve. But there's coming a day where we will no longer grieve and we will no longer mourn and there will be no more death. There will be no more crying. And it changes my focus and it changes my perspective on what I'm going through today. It also changes my priorities. So do not worry saying, what shall we eat or what shall we drink or what shall we wear? For the pagans run after all these things and your heavenly father knows that you need them. Seek first his kingdom and his righteousness. And here it is again. Your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. And all these things will be given to you as well. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. I don't do word, word of the year, and I don't make goals. I'm probably going to eat the exact same thing today I had yesterday because we got leftovers to work through. But... <laughs> But the one thing I, I have been praying a lot about, I just said, Lord, there's just so much going on. And hear about a new strain. Oh, this is happening in this state. Now we're getting back into all that again. And I, I, can, I can hit the worry train pretty fast. How many of you are worriers? And let's just be honest before the Lord today. How many of you lie regularly in church? Would you raise your hand? Let me just see. Okay, that, thank you for your honesty. I appreciate that. The Lord sees that hand. Uh, listen. We got enough going on today and enough in front of us today. This is exactly what Jesus is teaching. Tomorrow will worry about itself. Each day has enough trouble of its own. You, you prioritize the kingdom today. Have that eternal perspective today. Focus on things above today. Ask how will this matter a month from now, two months from now. How will this matter in eternity and pursue the kingdom? And I've said, Lord, every time I start to worry, I know what it is. Every time I worry, I can point it back to this. Every time I worry, I'm building my kingdom. I'm worried about something that I've built, something that I've done, something that I've gone after, something I've established, something I've ran. What happens if it all, listen, if you make his kingdom the priority, you know what this changes? This means every other pastor in town right now that's preaching, that they're, they're teammates. They're teammates. We're all in this town building the kingdom together. Looks a little different. We got the Presbyterians down there. They're studying it, right? We got charismatics that are <laughs> waving it down from heaven. We got all different ways of doing it. But there's only one kingdom. And if I make that my priority, watch how fast worry goes away. When I realize it's yours. God, you bring it. You decide. You choose. And then here's the, the big one. Christ changes my purpose. In Acts 2, 42 through 47, we read about... The church established and just starting. This is the first century church. Jesus has ascended. The Holy Spirit uh, fell on them. And now they're together, believers. And you get five purposes of the church and five purposes for your life in this text. They devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching. We call that discipleship. And to fellowship. That's a second purpose. That's the, the gathering of believers. That's uh, loving and spending time with and caring for brothers and sisters in Christ Jesus. To the breaking of bread and to prayer, there's worship. Everyone was filled with awe at the many wonders and signs performed by the apostles. Now we get into ministry, a fourth purpose. All the believers were together and had everything in common. It's one of the reasons why we uh, love taking an offering. And I, I gave yesterday uh, outside just a, a year-end gift, and I just was reminded, I told Amy, I said, this is what I love about not taking designated gifts as a church. 
Because I love as a church family that we just, we, we do this offering and we have this in common. And then as a church, we decide how are we going to serve and how are we going to bless the community. It says, they sold property and possessions to give to anyone who had need. If you're a member of Woodland Hills Family Church and you have need, we have a benevolence fund here. This is a church family that desires to meet needs. Every time I bring this up, there are people going, oh, no, the floodgates are going to open. We've never been asked to meet a legitimate need that we were unable to meet. Do, and people are like, aren't people trying to scam you or con you or trick you in? We try to work through all of that and figure all that out. But we focus on one thing as a church family, being generous. And acting quickly when someone has a physical need, what they're going to eat, what they're going to drink, how they're going to be housed, what they're going to wear. Every day they continue to meet together in the temple courts. They broke bread in their homes and ate together with glad and sincere hearts. I always love every now and then when I hear somebody say, we don't go to Woodland Hills because they, they just seem to laugh too much. There's too much laughter and they're enjoying themselves. And I'm like, this just is so bizarre that you actually are even putting that in words. Uh, because if you don't like laughter, you probably won't like heaven. Okay, so, uh, and, and I'm going, I, I'm grateful for Woodland Hills Family Church because every Sunday when I leave here, even when we have difficult times, challenging times, I'm leaving with a glad and sincere heart. I think something's broke in a church where the believers are together and all the time, <sighs> you're having too many meetings, too many business meetings. You got too many committees. Right? And you're at each other's throats. Listen, you should, listen, we're focused as a church on church health. Fulfilling these five purposes as a church. I'm grateful that this is not a church that demands of me or any one member of the church to be over everything and in charge of everything. We let the believers be the ministers and do the ministry in the church. And what a blessing that is because we can have and serve and spend time with one another with glad and sincere hearts. Verse 47, praising God and enjoying the favor of all people. And then this last purpose the fifth one, and the Lord added to their number daily those who were being saved. At our church, I know we talked to you about service times and changing to try to accommodate growth. We are uninterested in a church, as a church in growth. It's not our focus. We don't sit around in meetings trying to figure out how to get bigger. You know I joke about it all the time. I'm trying to figure out how to get back to 9 and 11. And I've got some sermons coming in the next presidential race that I think is going to accomplish just that. <laughs> And then we're going to have some glad and sincere hearts. We'll have some disgruntled ones, but we're going to have a lot of glad and sincere hearts. So you know I joke about it. That's a joke. That's just a joke. Okay, and some of you are like, I hope it's not. I hope you got it. Okay, okay just. <laughs> but we don't, we don't sit around going, how can we get bigger? How can we get bigger? We're like, are we healthy? Let's be healthy. And that's exactly what we should be doing individually in this season and in this first week of the year. Because we're all talking about getting healthy, but have you considered the five purposes for your life and for this church family in your priorities and in your purpose? Let's look at them real quick, and we'll just give you some practical ways. Worship. Some of you here have never placed faith in Jesus, that today would be the day you believe upon his name. Place faith alone in Christ alone. Confess Jesus as Lord. Believe in your heart that he has been raised from the dead, that you would be saved. Others, we're going to encourage you. If you're just, we come to church when it's convenient. We come to church and we got nothing else going on. Maybe this is a good priority for you, that you would gather with us for the purpose of worshiping God together. And I, I know I'm going to hear it. I can worship God by myself out on the lake. We know you can. Okay. But uh, participate in weekend gatherings. Make it a priority. How about fellowship? Right? Be baptized. 
Go and make disciples, Jesus said, of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit. Some of you have been saved. You've placed faith in Jesus, but you've never been baptized. That you would join the fellowship this year through baptism. Others are visiting from other churches. We just want to encourage you, join a church family. Stop the hopping and shopping and the jumping around and say, I'm committing. This is a church I want to be a part of. On January 10th, you have that opportunity with Starting Point. We encourage you, jump in there. Become part of our fellowship. The next one is discipleship. Participate, participate uh, or practice new disciplines. Okay, so yeah, some of you uh, do Bible reading plans. And I always love this person who tells me, I didn't make it all the way through the Bible, but I'm going to start again this year. No, just keep going. If you didn't even get to the New Testament, wherever you're at, just start there and keep going. There's no rule for how fast you read through the Bible, but get God's word as a priority in your life daily. Prayer, fasting, make this a priority. Join a group. If you're going through deep, heavy, grieving mourning, I want to encourage you, join Grief Share. If you've been through a divorce in the last year and you don't even know how to work through all of that, we have divorce care. Uh, if, if the Bible studies that are coming up, home groups, so many opportunities for you to plug in, make that a part of your priority in 2023. And then ministry, serve your church, just as we shared all the thank yous at the beginning of this message. Uh, and I shared pretty much every team. I hope we didn't leave one team out, but every team and all the different ways people serve in this church, roll up your sleeves and join them. Okay? Serve your church and community. Did anybody not have garbage go last week because of the weather? Like, I don't know if you're, what you're, my neighborhood looked like, every end of the driveway looked like the Taney County Transfer Station. It started with someone's garbage and then just kind of trickled down with all their Christmas stuff. And, and then they didn't come Friday. And I'm like, oh, this is bad. And, and uh, so yesterday we're walking, I go, Amy, I think I'm gonna go rent a trailer, drive around the neighborhood and pick up everybody's garbage. I'd like you to get it on video so I can show people, you know, <laughs> what I'm doing. I want points for it. And then no sooner I said that, the garbage truck pulls in. I'm like, thank you, Jesus. But I still want points for the thought. Does anybody know what I'm talking about? I thought that was a good thought. I just didn't have to do it. Find ways to serve your community, your neighbors. For some of you, it's going to be just get to know your neighbors. Get to know them. Find out who they are. Get their name. Find out how you can help. And then the last one, evangelism. Invite your friends to church. Invite family and friends to church. And I talked to someone last service that said, we have family driving down from Bolivar next week. And they always tell me that with the, is it going to be good? Uh, are you going to say anything? Because my mom is, a, anyway, I said, well, wait until February 5th because we're moving up to 815. We're trying to reach the Catholics in our community by moving that morning mass as far forward as we possibly can. Uh, but invite your friends to church. Share your testimony with others. George Barna told us years ago, I think the number was 92%. I think it may be at 90% now. But 90% of believers in Christ Jesus never share their faith with someone. This year, with a family member or a friend, tell your faith story. Tell someone what Jesus has done for you, and then we will trust God with the growth of this church. Would you pray with me? Father, in the name of Jesus, for the one who's never placed faith in that name, that today would be the day of their salvation. They would come and meet with someone from our prayer team ask questions, learn, and bow their heads to make Jesus Lord and Savior and life uh, for them. Thank you for our church. We are so grateful for each and every uh, member that makes this gathering on Sunday a priority, ministry throughout the week a priority. Thank you for how you continue to bless uh, this congregation. And we look forward to a great 2023. Give us wisdom 
discernment. We've been asking for that, uh, for vision into the future. We're going to continue to focus on health, but as, as you uh, reveal to us and, and we receive wisdom to where the believers gathered around go, this is, this is the Lord for sure, directing us in this way that it would just be clear to us. We pray all this in the authority of the name of Jesus. And everyone agreed and said...